Okay, Podsters, this is it. This is your tipping point, your moment to take action or live with never knowing what could have been. We all have that thing that we know we are meant to do that scares us, that we're not sure we can do, and that we know we need a little help doing. My Do the Thing Fall Retreat is happening October 13th through 15th in where else? Cape Cod, in the tranquil seaside town of Chura, where I've hand-selected a beach house for nine like-minded women to get together and do the thing. You already know that there's a life waiting for you on the other side of this thing. And this powerful, intimate two-and-a-half-day workshop is exactly what you need. If you don't do it now, you probably never will. Don't live with regret. Do the thing. Click the link. Fill out the very brief application. Let's hop on a call because I want to make sure it's the right fit for you. Together, let's do the thing. Welcome to Unmute Yourself, the podcast. I'm Nancy Medoff, author, speaker, and coach. And I'm Beth Knaus, creative copywriter and the owner of That's a Spade Copywriting Services. We are done being polite and ready to get real about confidence, boundaries, and self-respect, both personally and in the workplace. Beth and I first met when we collaborated on the best-selling communication handbook for women, Unmute Yourself and Speak Up to Stand Out. Now we are amplifying our message and taking it on the road with Unmute Yourself, the podcast. Warning, there may be, no, who are we kidding, will be some adult content. We have a bullshit button and we're not afraid to use it. So buckle up, buttercups, because here we go. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. I'm Beth Knaus, creative copywriter from That's a Spade. And I'm Nancy Medoff, author keynote and coach who just rudely interrupted Beth Canals. My apologies, Beth. I interrupted you. That's okay. Welcome to our podcast, Unmute Yourself. Where we will interrupt each other most likely, right? That's right. That's okay. That's okay. It's kind of the theme of the podcast, right? Don't be afraid uh, to speak up. Yeah. So I'm a little excited because we're going to talk about transparency with money, aka know your worth. No, AKA, oh, AKA, let me talk to my husband. Yeah. Oof, that's a doozy. Because I feel like, yeah, go ahead. All right. Well, I have a couple things to say. I'll try to just say one thing at a time. I feel like money is such a trigger, right? For so many people. And I get it. It's a trigger for me as well. So that's why if I'm going into a conversation, which I've done a lot recently, and it's been so effective with people, I'm like, listen, (laughs) I worked with um, a strategist recently on uh, the same project together. And I said to her, listen, I don't know if you're looking to make money on what I'm, I'm gonna quote or what, and that's up to you. But for me to feel my value, this is what I need to get paid. I also respect that you need to feel valued So if there's a problem, I want us to be able to talk it through because I'm not going to lose a job over $20 an hour or something like that. I want to see where we can make it happen. So we need to be transparent and honest about it, what our expectations are financially. And um, 
I think she really, really greatly appreciated it. And, you know, cause some people are like, what are your white label prices, right? In the, in this freelance world. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And it's, you know, it's legit for people. Some people are like, listen, I run this big agency. I have people under me. I bring them in on the project. I don't have to do the marketing. I don't have to choose the client. It's there. I get to work. And some people want you to give them like 20 to 30% off. Other people are like, I want 50% off your rates, which I'm like, no, if I wanted that, I could be on Upwork or on Fiverr, maybe not on Fiverr. So I understand though, sometimes people want to make a few bucks because they're bringing you in and I don't have a problem with that. And so I'm always open about that negotiation and being transparent. Otherwise a job can feel so torturous if you keep thinking you're not getting paid enough. So much to unpack here. So I, you should see my sheet of paper. It is covered. In <laughs> so we have negotiations. We have, oh, it's a lot. So totally agree. But here's what's so interesting. So I had a 28 year, year sales career. You could call me a professional negotiator, right? I don't say that with arrogance. I say that's what I got paid to do to negotiate. And when my clients used to ask me for better rates, at the end of the cycle, when they were insistent and insistent and insisting, insistent, what, whatever it was, so let's say they were a pharma company, I would say, do, do you offer discounts on your drugs? So why is it okay for you to be asking me to devalue what I'm giving you, but your value stays the same? So that wouldn't necessarily recommend that, but that's giving you a little bit of background. So 28 years in sales, and then I opened my own shop. And I have to tell you, it it is remarkable to me, the leap that I took professionally from one year to, to the next year. And in that this, so, so I, I did a lot of pro bono work. I put some guidelines and boundaries around how much pro bono I would work. I raised my rates and I raised my rates because I saw other people doing it. And I, and I saw what they were making. I raised my rates because the men that I spoke with, and we'll talk about that in a second, were like, what do you mean that's all you're charging? What do you mean? You should be charging this, 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 and this. Um, They had the confidence to say, I'll never forget. My husband said, well, I don't get out of bed for less than blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, well, that's a little arrogant, but it it was true. So fast forward, the minute, the minute I started charging what I truly felt I was worth, my, my business skyrocketed, I skyrocketed. I mean, I have had two of the best years ever and it is because I am no longer playing small and I am no longer, I do plenty of pro bono work. I have guidelines around it. I have parameters around it. The, you know, it, it has to be for a worthy cause and not because a company that wants to hire me doesn't have the budget. So I, if I'm gonna do pro bono work, it's gonna be for the Latina community. It's gonna be, for women of color, it's gonna be for LGBTQ, these, these communities that have to speak up. So I, th- I went a little bit of a rant there, but I think that the message is that the minute I put it out in the universe, it, it's, it's now a no brainer. And I, you know, I have to tell you, I don't get a lot of pushback on my prices right now, probably because I'm commuting them, communicating them with confidence. So, you know, when you say, oh, my price is, let's say it's $250 an hour. My rate's $250 an hour. How does that sound? Uh, Well, that sounds like a lot, Beth, right? So my rate's $250 an hour and I have a five-hour minimum and blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. 
And you said so many things also that I feel like I want to unpack here. The first thing is, is that you have these clear boundaries around what your expectations are that you can say and list these facts, right? Because, you know, I'm pretty sure we get into this in the book, like how women speak and, and how they get, have to get out of the patterns that we speak in sometimes, like asking questions instead of giving information and, you know, raising your voice at the end of a sentence that sounds more like an ask than a tell sort of thing. Um, and just really knowing, like, where are you willing to give generously, like uh, the, the things that you just listed. and. I've always said to people, so years and years and years ago, I had a hair salon in Boston and I had, I don't know, like eight hairdressers there. And I remember saying, we're going to raise our prices. And, you know, I was young at the time, I don't know, 23, maybe. I'd be like, listen, we're going to raise our prices. And they'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to lose clients and I'm going to do that. And I would say, you know what? You are going to lose a couple of clients, but the new clients who come will only know the new price. They won't know what the clients who left paid. You're going to get new clients who are willing to pay our value here. And, you know, they would bring friends in and they would be like, oh, can I just charge them for the product for their hair? Can I just do that? Can I do it for free? It's just a haircut. And I would say, no, what we need to do is say friends and family after hours, 20% off. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. it. Yep. You know, decide what it is. That's generous. You don't have to give any discount. In fact, you're working with friends and family. Sometimes there should be an add-on fee. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think we need even today, like if we're doing work for someone to have that sort of discount and you need to know your value. And I think that you're really good at this. You need to be able to list what someone is getting for right. paying to work with you. Yeah. The tangible things and the non-tangible things. So- if you're not, you know, if you're not able to list those things, that makes it difficult to charge what you really should be charging. And then you find people, right? You find people at both levels. You find people that are willing to pay that higher price. And you will also find people who are willing to pay that lower price. And you I, will feel like you're getting paid less. You know, listing out everything that you, the deliverables, if you will, for what they're getting. Um, it's a really good exercise because when you do that, you're like, wow, yeah, I should be like, maybe I should be charging more. That's actually what happened. I started listing out everything they were getting. You know, the other thing that I think is important, there's an expression in the consulting world, and I'm sure I'm going to mess it up that you're not paying me for the one hour that I'm providing you and your company. You're paying me for the 30 hours of experience that I bring or for the work I've done. So when somebody hires me for a keynote, it's not the one hour. It's the years of research, uh, custom curating this content, interviews, coaching. That's what they're paying for. So that that also helps me really step into step into my value. Um, but I noticed something when we were talking, or when I was talking, that so it was my stepson that that in the beginning first got me to raise my rates, and it was really because he told me how much he was charging, and I was like, what? This, I mean, he was 30, 20 years younger than me, charging three times as much as me. So that was interesting. And then I had a colleague who told me how much he was getting for speaking gigs, male colleague. So, and then it was my husband who said, I don't get out of bed for less than blah, blah, blah. So why do you think the men have less issues charging what they think they're worth? So 
Uh, gosh, I think there's so many things around this. I think something that we, is going to come up for us again and again, right, is going to be about what you know and what you've grown up with. And many of us, not all of us, but many of us had moms who were housewives. And if you didn't, you had a grandmother who was definitely home with an apron as a housewife. And if they made any money at all, it was some little side job that didn't interfere with the dad's hours or whatever, just so they could have like a little hobby. And it wasn't seen the same because their job in that generation was not to be the breadwinner, right? There used to be a breadwinner and a homemaker. And all of that has blurred now where, you know, sometimes you need two breadwinners because my parents lived in a tiny little ranch. So today you have people who want to have two homes or, you know, we want to travel we want to send our kids away to college. We want to do all these things and you, you need to have two people, but it doesn't have to be, Oh, some person makes all the big money and then somebody's making the little money because they're accommodating the other person. I mean, at least not in my world, in my world, there needs to be a balance. So if here's a list of things that need to be done at home and here's a list of things that need to be paid for, which ones are we each going to do? And let's make it happen. So I'm, I'm like, my heart is beating so fast and I'm having like a physical reaction because this is bringing up the, why we named this episode, let me talk to my husband. So I was 43 when I met Danny and who's an awesome human being in the love of my life. Shout out to Danny. Um, and I was, I made a boatload of money I wanted for nothing. I had my own real estate. I had my own cars. I had my own retirement. Like I was single and fine making a ton of money. Married him. And um, so I remember I would talk to these, like maybe it was a car salesman or a contractor or something. And I remember the first few times I heard myself say it, I was, I, I was like almost went into convulsions. Let me talk to my husband. So, so I went from earning multiple six figures bringing in as much money as him, whatever, to, oh, well, let me talk to my husband. Like what, what, what I, 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 I didn't, I, and then the minute I said it, I remember the first time I said it, I said to the guy, did I just say, let me talk to my husband? And he said, yeah, you did. I said, okay, well, what I mean, what I meant to say was, this is a big decision. I'm going to talk it over with my partner and we'll get back to you. That's what I meant to say. In my head, it was, let me talk to my husband. And to your point, I guarantee you it's because I heard my mother say it 7,000 times. Of course. Crazy. Of course. So I'm going to say two things here. So I have my own story with that. So uh, when I got divorced from my first husband and I became the owner of our marital home, I was living there. I was living there with my kids and my now husband and who wasn't my husband at the time. And some salesman came to my door. I don't know, windows, paint, gutters, blah, blah, blah. And when I went outside to talk to him, I think it was Windows, actually. It was a bigger investment. And he asked me about it. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in what the cost would be. And um, he said, um, is your husband here? And I said, uh, no, I don't have a husband. And he said, well, is there, you know, somebody else who lives in <laughs> home? And I said, no. And he said, oh, well, I, we can't. We can't talk to you unless we talk to the other person in the home. And I said, I am the person in the home. I my name is on the mortgage. I don't have a husband that you got. I'm the person with the checkbook. Please <laughs> tell me you didn't get in the business. Please I'm tell me you didn't get Thanks. <laughs> have a nice day, you jackass. Right? Okay. There we go. No, but, but here's what's interesting. 
you didn't say, let me talk to my husband or let me tell whatever I did. You were raised by a man. Mm -hmm. I was raised by my, my, I had a mother and father, but I was primarily, my mother raised me. So it's, again, it's this generational, Mm -hmm. we watch them do it and it's all we've known. Right. I think that illustrates the point. So here's my next question. Well, it's kind of rhetorical. My next question is, how do you break the cycle? Right. And if you will allow me to share another story about my family, um, my beautiful little granddaughter, Ava, is four, almost five. And last year we were taking her to a, uh, we were taking her to a, an outdoor um, festival and we were walking over there. She's four years old. We're walking over there. She said, oh, I forgot my pocketbook. And I said, okay, well, that's fine, honey. What was in it? Like, do you need some lip balm? Like what, what was in it? She's four. She said, well, I had some money in it. And I said, well, honey, you, I'm here and Papa's here and we can, we can pay for whatever you want. And she said, no, but I, I want my money. Four years old. She said, I want my money. And, and Danny looks over at me and he sees me just light up. And I said to her, well, tell me a little bit more about that, honey. Why do you, why do you want your own money? Why, why not just use Grancy and Papa's money? And she said, because I just, I really, I, I, I want to use my money. And I said, you know what that is, honey? You know what that feeling is? She said, what? I said, that is pride. So that feeling you have is pride that you have your own money. And yes, you could use our money, but you have your own. She's like, yeah, I have pride. And I about, I don't even know. I was like pirouetting through the park because I was so proud of her. So to answer my own question, I think the best way we can do it is to break that generational cycle and train our young women from the time they're four, you don't, you don't, if you have your own and, and you want to use your own, great, use your own. I agree. I agree. And well, I was just thinking of something else. What was it? Just your daughter. It's a story about your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have two really good stories about my daughter. I'll have to choose one of those. Oh, I know what I was going to say. And sometimes we do this and I used to be guilty of it where if I, someone came to my house to sell something, I would say, I have to talk to my husband because I knew they would back off and leave me alone. And at the end of the day, we don't have to say that. We can say, <laughs> this is a big decision. I don't have to make it right now. I need two days. I don't and want your three. solar panels. Yep, yep, yep. I, I can ask my partner, spouse, you know, yep. significant other. And, but you don't have to know that's my issue. I don't have to tell you, gee, I don't know, this is big expense. I don't know if I can pay for it. I don't have to tell you anything, <laughs> right? But we feel like we have to say, oh, I can't decide because I, it's nobody's business really at the end of the day. That's, that's the first one. And I actually think I'm gonna tell a different story, uh, daughter story than we talked about because I know the other one will come up. But when we were working on the book, Unmute Yourself, my daughter had been working for a nonprofit and she was getting paid a decent amount for a nonprofit, but they had her doing everything. And, you know, two people quit and they had her taking on the responsibilities of those people. And then she had a supervisor who was leaving and she said, I wanna make sure that you get a bigger position. And so let's write out your job description and do all this stuff. And once that's set, you're gonna get this raise. And she was so pumped up about this raise and thought, oh, I'm gonna get my value and this and that. And they ended up giving her, I don't know, $2,000 or something. And she was devastated. And she called me, right, facts and feelings. She was so upset and she was, and I was actually upset too for her. But then after I come down, I said, listen, you have two choices. You can go in and negotiate 
or you can just keep it to yourself, hate everybody there, and just leave and get out of there as soon as you can. And she called a meeting with everybody at the company, a small company, like seven people. She called a meeting, CEO, everybody, and she went in and she gave them. She was like, this is, you know, I've done X, Y, and Z. I took over this person's job. I learned this. I have this title, blah, blah, blah. I'm insulted by this $2,000. And they didn't answer her. And she called me up. She said, they didn't even say anything. And I said, you know why? You just totally made them speechless. And they came back and offered her more money and a bonus. And I said to her, you'd be so proud. I said, you know what? You're 20. I think she was 24 at the time. I said, the more money you make now, the more money you make later, because every job will be an increase. And it was just so awesome to see her go in and stick up for herself and fight for what she wanted. And she was a mess about it. But when she went in there, she wasn't. She had her stuff together. She knew what she needed to say. Um, and I think it was rewarding for her. She no longer works there, by the way. She works someplace else where she gets paid double. <laughs> right. So not surprising she no longer right. works there. And what you talk about is actually compounding. And what we talk about in the book is the million dollar problem. So if you take the gender wage gap right now, compound it over the next 40 years, it's a million dollars that some women are leaving on the table based on um, um, gender and race, up to a million dollars. So I'm glad you shared that story, which actually is a nice lead into our calls to action. Yes. Which yes. the salary discussion one, I think that, so for, so, so the call to action really is to, is to figure out your worth and how do you do that? And we have three steps for how you do that. For the salary one, um, you know, I would recommend you go to salary.com, glassdoor.com. You can go anywhere and figure out what a reasonable salary is. And I would, I would even argue to talk to your colleagues. Money is taboo. Talk in ranges if you don't want. You know, I still have these conversations with some of my friends that are very high-level executives in corporations. And I say, you got to give me a range if we're going to have this conversation. Are we talking about X amount or X amount? Give me a range. So if you're talking to others in your field, maybe you ask them for a range. Right. Um, and I'll say yeah. one more thing on top of that. I actually have a really great uh, content marketing freelance group in Facebook. So it's not necessarily anybody I know, but everybody supports each other. So I can go in there and say, hey, I got offered a job doing X, Y, and Z. Can you give me an idea what, what I should be charging? And uh, they're a great group, very confident. They charge good rates. And so yeah. I can get a range of, of that and I don't feel as vulnerable about so it. That you're, so, that's, so that's number two, right? If, if, you're talk, if you own your own business or if you're thinking about going out on your own, how to know your value. And, and number two is to talk to your colleagues, right? Have the conversations. I was, I was sharing a story before the podcast that I was just at a conference and I was speaking and I knew one of the other speakers, we were out to dinner and, and he asked me, what are you charging? And I told him, cause I know him and I know him well. And he couldn't, I was charging more than him. He couldn't believe it. And he's been doing this 20 years longer. And I'll tell you what, he will never, ever, ever charge less than what I just said I was getting. Sure. Um, and then the third, which I don't know if you caught it, but it was a big one, is like have your facts ready. So if it's if you're a if you're on your own and it's your own business, it's what are they getting? And that translates to the corporate world too, is why do you deserve the salary? Because there's nothing worse than going in there and saying, I want X amount of money because I, that's what I should get. You have to have your reasons, right? You have to have at least three good, solid reasons. I save the company X amount of dollars, or I you know, contributed this much in cost avoidance, or, you know, it can't just be because I think I'm worth it. 
You are right. not L'Oreal. Absolutely. Remember right. L'Oreal? I'm worth it. Or was that Maybelline? I'm worth it. That was hair. Um, Okay, so 3A. I'm going to add a 3A. Okay, three, we'll do 3A. Is, yep. You know, we briefly talked about the generational cycle, our mothers, our grandmothers. So when those limiting beliefs come up, if you can be aware of them and just say to yourself, is this my belief? Does it no longer serve me? And if it was my mother or my grandmother's belief, why did it work then? And can I acknowledge why it doesn't work now? Because things are different. Or did it work then? Right, or did it work then? That's an excellent question. All right. 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 Yep. Uh, I think I think that's a good note to end on. Excellent. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Yep. Bye, girl. Bye. Bye, girl. Bye. That's a wrap on another episode of Unmute Yourself, the podcast. We hope you found value in today's podcast. We hope you were able to take a little time for yourself and perhaps think about how you're showing up. And thank you for all of the great feedback we've been receiving. We'd love to hear more from you about what you think, the tactics you're using every day to speak up, and anything else you'd like to hear about on future episodes of Unmute Yourself, the podcast. You can contact us through our websites. Nancy can be found at nancymedoff.com and Beth can be found at thatsaspade.com. Or you can email us at unmuteyourselfthepodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. We will see you next week. And until then, keep speaking up.